Welcome to The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm your host, Adam Sanchez, and today we are discussing personal study. Well, welcome back. I am joined by Ken Peaster again. Hey, Hey, good to have you. Thanks. Good to be here. <laughs> good to have you from behind the background of the Thinking Tree podcast. So today we're continuing in this theme of season three of looking at practical Christianity. And we finished in last season, one of our last episodes was on the sufficiency mm. of God's word for every area of life. And so I think it begs the natural question then of, so how do we do apply? It. How do we study? How do we do that? So here's a question for the day. How should Christians pursue their personal study mm. of the word? That's the, nat- that's the natural question that, mm-hmm. that comes out of there. Now, I know there's a struggle. I know that there's a struggle. It's not just seen here with America, though I will say there are unique struggles here in mm. America, here in the Western world. But I often hear this, you know, hey, I'm too busy. Mm. I'm too busy. I got too much going on. You know, it's hard enough to just get there on Sundays and I get to learn there or get to the midweek study, but I don't have time in the middle of the week Mm. to dedicate to reading and studying. And I just have such a busy life. I have so many commitments. I have so much I'm doing. We'll get Mm. to that in a second. Okay. You know, we'll we'll address it. Holding back. Just talk about the struggles for first. Uh, There's another struggle that I hear and it's, I just don't know how. Mm. I don't know how to study. I don't know what I should do. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where to start. Uh, I just, I don't know how. And so I've heard that struggle as well. And, and here's another struggle that I've heard. I'm just not good at it. Hmm. I, I'm not a, a student. I'm not a studious person. I don't like sitting around and thinking. I don't like, uh, I'm not an armchair theologian. Like that's, that's just not me. And so I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it because I'm just going to fail. I'm going to do it wrong. Hmm. I'm going to arrive at the wrong conclusion. I'm going to mess it up somehow. So I've heard these, these struggles from believers over the years. And I know that sometimes they're they're not just stated as uh, something that's like a, a shield, right? You know, the too busy even as a shield and I deal with it. Sometimes they really believe that. Mm. They really believe that I am too busy. I cannot commit to doing something like this. I have mm. too much, you know, moms with multiple kids and, and school schedules and early mornings and late nights and, you know, and they're really, really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen, you know, people that work long hours, uh, they they have jobs that are more than ten hours a day, mm. and so that creates its own unique challenges and difficulties. Uh, and the not knowing how. I mean, yeah, not everyone is trained how to study the word, and and there are different approaches to studying the word. And maybe we'll get into that the the way that we do at Oak Hill, and that we're unified as elders in approaching God's word. But uh, in a basic sense, they they might just not know the principles to start with. Mm. They might know where not know where to begin. Mm-hmm. And then those who who aren't really students who, who don't like being a student or don't think of themselves as a student, even though technically we are all students, mm-hmm. but some people don't see how they are mm. a student or how they have learned or how they're good at learning. Everyone learns a little bit differently. There are, there are different styles of learning. So those are, those are some struggles that we have, but I want to discuss some, some basics of personal study that I think will encourage everyone. And we're not making the, the, Hey, here's the case for why you should do it. And if you're not doing it, then you're an abject failure. That's not the point of of today's uh, episode on this. The point of today's episode on personal study is to, to get you thinking, if you're not doing one already, to get you thinking about how you could, Mm. to get you having a conversation, whether with yourself or with others about how you can pursue faithfully studying God's word. So that's what we're, that's where we're starting. That's the purpose 
of this show. So a couple of basic things here. Uh, there are great tools like Bible reading plans that'll walk you through how you can go about um, just reading through the whole Bible or reading through the New Testament or reading through the Psalms that are just a plan and it's broken down by day. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to thumb through and say like, okay, which chapter I'm on today? Like Mm -hmm. it'll start you. It'll start you on a day one plan. It can even start you. Some of these plans are really smart that Mm -hmm. you can do on like ESV online or something Mm -hmm. um, uh, on your phone, you know, it's a phone app and it'll remind you daily. Mm -hmm. Here's where you need to pick up reading and, and, you know, can even read it to you? Like all kinds Mm -hmm. of things. Bible reading plans are a great blessing and Mm -hmm. we should avail ourselves to them. There are a lot of different tactics in Bible reading plans. And if you need help, talk to one of your elders here Mm -hmm. at Oak Hill, or if you're at another church, talk to one of your elders there, one of your pastors to find out about Bible reading plans they might recommend. Another thing that I would say is when it comes to personal study, a reading plan can be great and I would encourage it, be consistent. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, they, they try it for a week, they fail a couple of days and they're mm-hmm. like, I can't stick with this. Mm-hmm. No, no. Just keep working on that consistency. Yep. Three days a week is better than none days a week. Mm-hmm. Even if you're there, even two days a week mm-hmm. is better than none days a week. So mm-hmm. start somewhere with a reading plan, whether it's self-created or one of those pre-created ones and be consistent. Mm-hmm. Just make that your goal that you're doing more than you were before. Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic goal. And I would encourage, yeah, if you can do five days, six days, seven days a week, that's amazing. But just do more than you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to go. Because how are you going to know what God has said? Unless you go to his word. How do you know who God is? Unless you go to his word. How do you know how to apply the principles of scripture to your life? Unless you go to God's word, you won't know. So you need that. You need God's word in your life, informing and instructing you. There can be great helps with study Bibles, commentaries, uh, lexicons, and some of these things are nerdy, right? So a study Bible you buy and it's the whole Bible with some notes mm. attached to it. There's a fantastic study Bible from MacArthur, uh, the John MacArthur study Bible. He, he has an ESV, NASB. They're great. Um, I, I do enjoy the ESV study Bible as well. I enjoy the CSB study Bible. I have a lot of study Bibles. <laughs> um, they're, they're helpful because they give you a concise explanation of many passages throughout scripture. They'll make contextual references and they'll even do some word studies at times and help you out with that. A commentary is usually a specific book uh, that is written for a specific uh, book of the Bible or a portion of a book of the Bible. Uh, and so those commentaries dig even deeper than the study Bible goes. And for most people, I would say they don't even need commentaries. To study the Bible regularly for your personal study, you're probably going to get overwhelmed with a commentary unless you're really trying to understand a specific issue. But when we talk about just getting a broad understanding of God's word and the implications of God's word, I think for most people, it is going to be far more beneficial Mm. to intake the majority of God's word Mm -hmm. than to just really dig in in a couple specific areas. Honestly, sometimes I've seen people even go down dangerous pathways when they've gotten too deep on specific issues and they have not understood God's word as a whole. Mm. So I would highly recommend most people, uh, especially when they're beginning to read God's word, read all of it, read all of it over and over and over again. Then over time, you can dig in, and I mean over years, Mm. not over months, not over days. Over years, you can dig in to understand some of the harder issues present in the text. And then the last one that I recommend was lexicons. Here's what a lexicon is. 
a lexicon or a Bible dictionary helps you understand the original language of each portion of the Bible. So the Old Testament primarily written in Hebrew, New Testament primarily uh, written in the Greek. You'll find a couple words here and there is what I mean uh, that are from another language, but 99% uh, are each of those languages. And so a lexicon can help you or a Bible dictionary can help you to understand some of the language of the Bible. One of the apps that I recommend for people to study or to use in their study is called Literal Word. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a fantastic a uh, little interface on your phone where you can switch between four different versions of the Bible, NAS 95, LSB, ESV, King James, uh, and you can underline, it underlines every word, of the, uh, most words, I shouldn't say every word, most words in the Bible, underlines them, and you can click on those words and it'll give you a definition mm. of that word in the original language, so whether Old Testament, Hebrew, New Testament, Greek, and then it uses Strong's Concordance to help you understand where else that word is used in mm. the Old or New Testament and, and kind of some senses or what that word means, a couple different definitions of how it's used because sometimes in the Bible, one word is explained a couple different ways depending on context, and then you have nuance of how the language is used, you know, verbs and adverbs and imperatives. And anyways, can get really nerdy. You don't need to know all that, but a lexicon can help you understand the sense of a word a little bit. Now I mentioned those things because sometimes people think that those are the keys. Like if you can get a good study Bible, a good commentary, mm-hmm. a good lexicon, then you got it figured out. I'm just going to pause everyone and say, nope, <laughs> that's not it. There is actually zero substitute for a plain reading of God's word. Mm-hmm. And I would highly encourage everyone listening Focus on the plain reading of God's word. Focus on a regular Bible reading plan, being consistent and faithful before you ever worry about a study Bible or a commentary or a lexicon. Anything to say about some of those encouragements? Yeah, just as you're reading God's word, like take notes, right? So if you're if you're reading along and you're like, mm-hmm. man, I, I don't get what this means, what an encouragement it could be to then go to an elder, go to someone in your church and say, can you help me with this? Absolutely. Um, people are not going to look down on you for having questions. We're, we're all walking together, pursuing Christ-likeness. And so by reading God's word, it's going to really help us at, through our daily living, right? Because we talked about this before, scriptures for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, um, and being equipped mm-hmm. in all things. And so people want to encourage one another. We want to build up. We want to sharpen one another with God's word. And so if you have questions, ask questions. It's yeah. a good thing. But just like you said, the plain reading of scripture is so good. And I know we'll get into kind of starting some of those plans a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Along that line of meeting with your pastors, your elders, I can tell you like Jeff and I love getting questions mm. uh, from people when they're doing their Bible reading or they're reviewing the sermon for Sunday, the text mm. for the sermon. We love sitting down and, you know, the questions asked, so what does this mean? You know, and and sometimes that personal time is so enriching because it's not just the explanation of the word, but then it's the application in the life of the believer Mm. where we can say, hey, tell me why this matters to you right now. Why is this a hard issue for you to understand? That's not accusatory. That's mm. saying, help me understand your heart. Mm. You know, maybe it's a difficult passage because somebody they love or somebody they care about is going through something difficult and this passage speaks to it, mm. but it's not clear for them yet. And so they're asking that question out of an earnest desire to care for others. And then that affords a beautiful opportunity. We were talking last time about unintentional ministry, a beautiful opportunity for unintentional ministry to occur. And it's so sweet. So those opportunities to meet with one another when you're we're able to sit down with somebody who is skilled in studying the Bible and is, who has wrestled with a lot of the 
difficult passages, it can be a grace to meet with them, not mm. because they're going to give you all the answers that you mm. want, but because they're going to care for your heart. Mm-hmm. They're going to care for you to walk with the Lord, to be obedient to him, to live in a manner pleasing to him. And they're going to want to help you to do that. Uh, here's a couple encouragements I want to give you for personal Bible study. Earlier, I mentioned, um, you know, be consistent, just regularly being God's word. Well, here, let me tell you why. Because when you're regularly reading God's word consistently from beginning to end, uh, so whether you start in a reading plan that starts in Genesis or you're doing a Psalms, you know, through the year, whatever you're reading and your personal study of God's word, it is going to enrich your knowledge of God, mm. of Christ, of the gospel, of the nature of sin of self, of others, pursuing righteousness and justice. I mean, you name it. So many things are going to be built up for you because you're going to be marinating. You're going to be marinating in God's word over and over and over again. And you're going to want to talk about those things too. Mm. It's going to be coming out of your pores. Like, you Mm. know, when you eat garlic and it just comes out of everything, (laughs) that's what, that's what good Bible study should do. It's not that you're necessarily digging into the depths of every passage. It's that you're daily pursuing faithfulness with the Lord to know him, to walk with him. And in doing that, it's going to come out of you. Mm. It's going to bubble up out of you from your innermost being because you're walking with the Lord consistently. I think also that that consistent Bible reading helps you to connect the whole story of redemptive history. You know, there's a lot that's going on. We start in the Old Testament. We start in Genesis. Well, okay, first of all, ex nihilo, everything out of nothing. Everything is dark and formless and void. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have creation. You have all these animals. You have flying things. You have things in the water. You have man created after God's image. You have woman created of the rib. I mean, you have all this stuff going on. And that's just in chapters one and two. Then you get Mm -hmm. to chapter uh, four. And now Adam and Eve have kids. And the first kid kills the other kid. Oh, man. And, and that's just the first four chapters. Then you go a few more chapters, you got Noah, and then, I mean, so much happens. Abraham, and you got uh, Joseph, it's so much, and that's in the first book. Mm-hmm. It's hard to put it all together. And then let alone when you get to the list of kings, and you look at first and second kings, first and second Samuel, first and second Chronicles, those are the books everyone's like, oh, keep <laughs> me away from that, it's so much. But here's the beauty. When we're, when we're doing our consistent Bible reading, it's not that you have to know every king in perfect order, who begat who and all of that. You don't need to know all of it, but the more you read it, Mm -hmm. the more it's going to help you to connect the story of redemptive history, to connect the characters, to connect the family members, to see how God is faithful from generation to generation. That's a consistent statement that we hear in the Old Testament from the prophets, Mm -hmm. that he's faithful from generation to generation. You'll get to see that in the Old Testament because it covers so much more time mm-hmm. than the New Testament covers. Uh, New Testament, apart from like Revelation and some of the other ap- apocalyptic uh, parts, uh, prophetic parts of the New Testament, mostly just covers a very narrow bandwidth of human history, whereas Genesis starts in creation order mm. and goes all the way up to the silent years, mm. as we call them. So there's a lot that goes on. It helps us to connect the story of redemptive history. And then the last thing that I would say here in the, in the encouragement <clears throat> Consistent Bible reading is going to draw our own hearts towards truth. It's going to help us to see the world rightly. We talked about the lens. We talked about uh, that which helps us to view the world in the right way. God's word helps us to not view the world through the lens of humans, through the lens of the world. And we need God's help to view the world rightly. We need God's help to Mm -hmm. see righteousness as distinct from unrighteousness, 
truth as distinct from lies. Mm. And if we're not in God's word, our heart is not going to be oriented towards truth. We're going to be following our own wisdom. Mm. We're going to be following, even as Jeremiah 17 talks about, we're going to talk, we're going to follow our own strength, Mm. the strength of our bones, which in comparison to God is very, very weak. Mm. So we need God's word to help orient our thinking and the way we view the world towards the way he views the world, Mm. the way that he thinks. You know, Psalm 119, blessed are his precepts, the way that God thinks. We need to think God's way, not our way. Mm. So when we're reading the word regularly, consistently, our hearts will be oriented towards you. Mm. I, I literally heard that this week. There was a guy and he's like, Man, I'm just really feeling down. I I just feel disconnected. I feel down. And uh, an elder talked to him and it was like, hey, so um, what are you reading? Well, I'm not. What are you taking in? I'm taking in news. I'm taking in coworkers. I'm taking in the world, right? All these other things, but not taking in the word. And it's like, you need to be taking in the word. Mm. Like that's our encouragement. That's yeah. our hope. That's That's what we need to be mindful of of taking in if we're taking in everything else and not God's word it makes sense why that guy wasn't feeling super great yeah there's no hope there's no hope there's, there's no, no hope yeah when you look into the world with without God's lens you see the finiteness you see the the vanity of vanities mm. with everything when you look through God's lens you'll still see the vanity of vanities but you'll see it God's way mm. and that's what that's what helps us to do the living mm-hmm. in the midst of, of this life here. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about here with all the vanity of vanities, go back. I've been preaching through a series in Ecclesiastes. It'll take me longer than it took Jeff to do <laughs> the, the gospel of John. Uh, that's a plug for him. Um, but go back and listen to it. It's on our, our church, um, our sermon podcast. Okay, so let's close here this section on personal study with a look at being very practical. I want to be very practical, help people think about how they can incorporate this into their life if they haven't already, or give additional means of encouragement if somebody's already being faithful in this way. Just Mm. give them some more thoughts to think about. So here's some of my encouragements as you're looking at personal Bible study. First, I'd say start small. Mm. If you haven't started, start small. Mm. You got to start. So that's that's a given. But start small and focus on faithfulness. Mm. Uh, I also think audio is okay. You know, some mm. people are like, no, you got to have the Bible <laughs> physical in your hands. And look, I love a good Bible, good leather bound. You know, you sniff it, you smell that cowhide or that sheepskin and it mm. smells delightful. You know, nice pages and all that. You know, yeah, I appreciate a good bound Bible, okay? But audio is okay because you're intaking God's word. Mm-hmm. But try to focus. Don't just do audio Bible when you're doing something else. You're not mm-hmm. paying attention. Yep. Do audio Bible if you can still listen. Mm-hmm. Like on your drive to work, that's a great time mm-hmm. to listen to an audio Bible. Yeah, you're driving, but you're still listening mm-hmm. to God's word. So audio is okay. Uh, I would also encourage focus on breadth. Mm-hmm. Focus on breadth. Depth is okay, mm-hmm. but really focus on that broad broad intake of God's word to understand the whole of redemptive history. If you've never read cover to cover, make that your first goal. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't do it in a year, which a year is a great time. Mm -hmm. There are many plans that help you do it in a year. They can do it chronologically. They can do it just book by book. There are many different ways to, to approach it, but do it broadly, at least read it cover to cover, start there. Then maybe you dig into a book, Mm -hmm. you know, or specific issue here and there. But I would highly recommend Mm. taking the whole thing as much as you can and as often as you can. I also would recommend if you're in a current sermon series, so whether you're with us at Oak Hill, uh, Jeff's preaching through the Psalms, so that's a great place to start. I'm doing Ecclesiastes kind of infrequently, but that's another place you could go to. If you're in another church, they got another sermon series they're doing. 
track with that sermon series. Read through that portion of the Bible so you know when you come to church on Sunday mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you're familiar with, oh yeah, I remember reading that you know, last week or a couple weeks ago and okay, I'm, I'm a little bit up to speed on what they're going to talk mm-hmm. about. That's a tremendous blessing. And if you're in a small group study, the same thing. So you got your Sunday sermon, maybe your small group's doing a study, whether it's through like character attributes, maybe they're referencing some passages here and there, but read, intake God's word. Mm. And I would encourage, as far as you're able, take in whole books, take in a whole book. You know, one of the exercises I give to people when I'm helping them learn how to study God's word, I encourage them to make their own outline of what they read. So I'm not asking them to go to a study Bible and say, hey, copy what MacArthur said, copy what ESV said, copy what CSB said. They do have outlines and they're good outlines, but I'm not asking them to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, hey, as you read it, as you, in, you did your intake of God's word and you, you were noting what was important to you, what mattered to you, what you thought was interesting, make your own outline mm. so that you could share it with others mm. because you're going to share what you understand. You're not going to regurgitate what you heard somebody else said, at least not well, uh, what you heard somebody else said, but you will share those things that you're passionate about. You say, I really came to understand this through my personal study of God's word. I didn't realize there was a clear structure, you know, in this passage and I get it now. Mm. And I'm so thankful that I get to see it. We talk about Ephesians being one of those books broken down, you know, pretty simplistically. You have the first half, second half, chapters one through three, the wealth of the believer, chapters four, five, and six, the walk. Mm. wealth and walk. Another way we look at it, chapters one through three, the purpose of the believer, chapters four, five, six, the practice. Mm. We love our alliteration, right? Absolutely. Wealth and walk, purpose, practice. You know, And if a, if a believer can get their own structure of a book, they're going to be more likely to share it with others and be an encourager uh, of others there. We're, we're told, Matthew 5, uh, verses 13 to 16, we're told, right, to be salt of the earth. We're not, we're not to be tasteless. Mm. We are to be salty. We are to be the light of the world, set on a hill, not hidden, to let our light shine. One of the ways we can do that is by knowing what God's word says and sharing it with others. Mm. So the last encouragement I'll give, and I want to hear from you, Ken, is make a plan. Make a plan. You don't have to be perfect at it, but ask and invite others in to your plan to check in with you. And it's not that you just need to be accountable, like you're, you know, you're getting a pass fail grade or something. Mm-hmm. No, you're availing yourself of every possible blessing in the local body mm-hmm. and use everyone as a blessing to you to help you pursue righteousness. So if if you're somebody who's like, man, I would really benefit from somebody checking in with me, then ask, ask a brother, ask a sister to check in with you, ask what you're learning. You don't need to have them ask you, did you do it? Mm-hmm. Or did you be faithful? No, don't have them ask you that. Instead, have them ask you what you're learning. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to be more motivated to share mm-hmm. things you're actually learning, not just regurgitation of content. You're going to share, here's what God's teaching me mm-hmm. through his word. Mm-hmm. So any thoughts about that? Some basic encouragements? Absolutely. Kind of jumping back again, the encouragement of starting small, right? And I, I remember for a while, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I'd kind of pick and choose different books of the Bible and you'd read it, you'd kind of study it, and then you'd kind of stop and you're like, well, I don't know what to do. So picking a plan is really helpful. It was helpful for me. And so I know starting small was helpful. So I didn't start with the whole Bible in a year. I started just with the New Testament. And there's even plans for that. And like time frame for that is very minimal. It's a couple minutes a day. It's a couple minutes a day. And then even going to a Bible in a year, like if whether it's you're doing audio or reading, it's it's about 10 to 15 minutes a day. That's not a lot. So you think of how much entertainment we take in, Yeah. right? And it's like, I don't have enough time. And it's like, no, we all have 24 hours in a day. 
It's not like we have less time. We all have the same amount of time. We do fill our time, but do we prioritize God's word? Hmm. And so we need to prioritize God's word because you you may go in the office and everyone's talking about a specific show and you're like, how many hours did I spend watching that show on the streaming service or watching that movie? Mm-hmm. We, we have time. It's, but what is our priority? And God's word should be our priority. But Amen. Some, sometimes it's daunting to, to just mm-hmm. jump in. But what's fascinating is the more you read God's word, the more exciting it gets. Mm-hmm. And so once you read just the New Testament, then you read the Old Testament and you're like, there's things I don't get. But then you read the whole thing again and you're like, oh, I'm starting to see this story play out. And then you read it a couple times and three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, right? So the more you read God's word, the more exciting you see. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, God is so wise. And I couldn't even fathom. You start placing things in like, oh, that connects with that. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. Um, so just the encouragement of be faithful. And I know you mentioned this earlier of don't be discouraged if you miss a day, mm-hmm. right? Don't don't let it be a New Year's resolution or some like diet fad where yeah. you're like, I messed up and it's like, no, nah, I'm never going to do it again. And then I feel terrible. And then once people like start pressuring me, okay, now I'm going to start it again. But just be like, I'm going to be faithful. It's not for anyone else other than I want to know more about God because he loved me so much to send his son to die for me, right? We we look at the the gospel and it's like, what has he done for me? I want to know more about him. And just that encouragement of getting to know him more and more mm-hmm. through his word, but then not only a personal level, but then an outward level. As we look at other people in the church, as we're in taking God's word, he may be giving us opportunities to personally share with them hey, this is what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Here's an encouragement. And then now they're being, so it's not only a personal ministry to our own heart, but it's also an external yeah. ministry to other people. So knowing God's word is so important for just daily living. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish with this little brief testimony. Um, you know, going into ministry, I thought it was far more about being uh just being with people. The church I grew up in and the church that I served initially was a lot about loving people very practically uh, and and a lot of hands and feet ministry. Hmm. And that's not a bad thing, uh, but that's what I, I kind of thought the substance of ministry was. I did not realize the importance of the, of the word, of God's word in being practical in ministry hmm. until I really started to learn from godly men, uh, primarily teaching me and uh, whether it was at school or whether even guys like Jeff, teaching me God's word informs mm. what we do in ministry. And it's been my intake of God's word that has been by far one of the greatest blessings in my personal ministry with others. Mm. That I am, because of my intake of God's word, I'm able when a hard moment comes to say, ah, I know a passage that can be a blessing here. Mm. Not the passage that's a be all end all, trust me, because there is no such thing as one passage being that, but a useful passage mm. or a character story. You know, for example, when somebody's going through a hardship that seems unfair, there are some great character studies to go to God's word and look at. You can look at Joseph. Joseph, who is sold into slavery by his brothers, who is unfairly accused by Potiphar's wife, who isn't remembered by one of the guys in the jail with him. Like Joseph's life is marked by unfair after unfair after unfair. And yet we read at the end of his, kind of the end of his testimony towards the end of Genesis, that he says, what you intended for evil, he says to his brother, God intended for good. Mm. 
And so we see a great character study of somebody who endured such unfairness or inequality, and he didn't respond by sinning, but he responded by being faithful. We look at a character like Mordecai. I love Mordecai, the story of Esther. Uh, and you look at evil, wicked Haman, always out to, he just the great villain. You know, that, they need to make more movies yep. about that one. And then boo, his. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's, a good, he's a good villain. But you look at that story and you think, wow, you have the Jews here who are under such oppression. You have this young woman in Esther who is given the blessing of being on the king's court, but with such expectation and has to navigate that so wisely. And Mordecai trying to help from behind the scenes and Haman stuck like smack dab in the middle of the story, wickedly pursuing Mordecai time and time again. And the Jews at large wanting to see their destruction. And I mean, there's a lot of themes that we see with the destroying of the destruction of the Jews, but we also see some biblical themes. Go and listen to Jeff's uh, Unshakable series, by the way, for some more, uh, just some general biblical background and historical background um, about Zionism and, and the nature of the struggles that the Jews have had over the years, according to God's word. But that's a side note. But you look at that story and you look at Mordecai and you think, okay, if I was in that position, how angry would I be? How quickly would I want to lash out? And Mordecai restrains himself. Esther doesn't speak out of turn. And in the culmination of the whole event, you see that God honored Mordecai and Esther and all of his people, the Jews, so that the the rule is is reversed in a smart way. It wasn't canceled because the king's decree couldn't be canceled. You had the Jews who were who were basically the law that Haman brought in was they could all be killed. And so then the law gets, there's an added law that says, okay, now they can fight back. And anyone that they fight back against, they won't be held accountable for. And so that's how you have the reverse of the law, where it wasn't a true reverse, but it was an additional law. So now no one wanted to attack them because they were already, and it only mattered for one day anyways. <laughs> so you have all these nuances to the story that are so sweet. And then Haman's own gallows, the gallows, the, the hanging structure that he built for Mordecai and his family end up being used on him and his family. And on the one hand, you think how tragic for the family, but also on that, on that other hand, similar hand to that, you see that God brings justice to those who are wicked and those who are wicked have great, great punishment. That is, if we think that temporally God has great punishment, let's look eternally. Those who are wicked and doing wickedness and make a, a lifestyle of doing wickedness, they will endure an eternal punishment far greater than the hanging of Haman. That's the reality. So if we are enduring injustice, if we're enduring, enduring things that are unfair, there are great character studies to go to. Those are in the Old Testament. Then we can go to Peter and we can look at bearing up under Nero. And I mean, there's so many great studies, all that to say. Studying God's word allows us to share with others how we can walk through the challenges that life faces. And not everyone is going to remember all the things I don't. <laughs> I think I've met like one person in my whole life who can quote any verse of the Bible. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to be able to pass it on. We're going to pass on what we've learned, uh, what we have gleaned from God's word, and we're giving it to others, and it'll be a blessing. And so there's just personal testimony that I'm very thankful for God's word helping helping believers just like mm -hmm. myself Amen. to walk to walk in his way. Well, Ken, thank you for, for taking on this subject of personal study here. Uh, friends, we pray this conversation has helped you to renew your minds and to reform your hearts. We'll see you next time on The Thinking Tree. 